This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. I Radio. Hello, my name is Stephen McHugh. Welcome to our sixth radio broadcast about dyslexia and neurodiversity. Today, I want to talk about how dyslexics must lead the way and change how society views dyslexics and views being dyslexic. For decades, we have had individual parents of dyslexic kids fighting our education system most of the time, one at a time. Sometimes they win little victories and get the support their kids need. Most of the time, they face long battles with schools and get nowhere. They get no support. Some of my research recently showed that only 19% of dyslexic adults are actually assessed while at school. This is simply not good enough. Now, we do have individual dyslexia organisations out there fighting for our right to a good education, our human right, in fact, I think, which is good. But most of those organisations focus on what I would call a medical model of dyslexia, which I'll explain a little bit more about in this broadcast. What I am going to say is we as dyslexic adults need to get together to build a social movement where we can work together to bring positive changes to the current education system. Right now, many of us are fighting for positive change from the bottom upwards. We have to influence those who are responsible for developing education policy. This can only be done if we work together and take this to those who make policy. Take the fight to them. There needs to be the political will to make the changes to our education system that will enable our dyslexic kids and neurodiverse kids actually to succeed in school. Right now, as far as I can see, in most countries there is little to no political will to do this. And only by working together as a as a, a large group of organizations or a large group of dyslexics can we hope to challenge the current status quo and change it so that it's uh, our education system stops failing so many of our kids to do this we have to make a much more positive case for supporting our dyslexic kids we have to move away from an outdated medical model of dyslexia that basically tells us our brains do not work correctly that somehow we are not normal that we are broken in some way I have to ask you, what does this say to potential employers about dyslexics and dyslexia? What does this say to our dyslexic kids? It's a medical model that talks about dyslexia in terms of discrepancy, disorder and deficits. I call it a 3D model. Now, it sounds really good, doesn't it? 3D, 3D television, 3D cinema. But really, when I'm talking 3D now, I'm just talking about discrepancy, disorder and deficits. It just talks about us in negative terms. It's a 3D model that's about as 3D as a blank sheet of paper. It puts a focus on dyslexics as being the problem. It totally fails to recognise that dyslexics fail because our education system and our society is dyslexia unfriendly. Of course, I'm not trying to say that dyslexic no need to support at school. Of course we do. What I am saying is we need teachers in every classroom trained to teach the diversity of learning needs in a classroom to enable teachers to do their job of teaching our dyslexic kids together with non-dyslexic, neurodiverse or disabled peers in the classroom all living together and learning together my concern with a lot of this is if we can't have inclusion in the classroom how do we expect to have inclusion in our society every day i visit facebook and i read real life stories about dyslexic kids and parents battles to get what is their human right to a good education stories about dyslexic kids not wanting to go to school about parents seeing their children crying and and the frustration and the fear they feel about going to school this is not good enough at all I believe it is society that disables us and that's why I promote and support the social model of dyslexia. The social model of dyslexia that talks about dyslexia in terms of diversity and difference. There is a difference between diversity and difference or the 3D model. 
Which one would you prefer? The disability model basically puts the onus on the kids. It's the kids that are a problem. It's the kids that we must remediate. It's the kids that must receive treatment. And it totally negates the fact that our education system doesn't work for us. Now, I talk to many dyslexics and research shows that the vast majority of successful dyslexics, whatever that means, success is relative to what you're doing, I think, in some respects. But to those who do succeed, for example, in education, do succeed in employment, over 90% of them say they do succeed in spite of their education, not because of it. All I'm saying is that we must look at how we talk about dyslexia, how we think about being dyslexic, and we must challenge society's medical model view on dyslexia. We've had the medical model view. We've we've tried that one and it doesn't work. It's a model that's been imposed upon us by society. Society says you are disabled, basically. I don't see us as disabled. I just see us that we're different. I just see it as part of diversity. And diversity and difference are both good, are both positive. An easy way to stop this disabled disability model from creeping in all the time is that when students go to university, like disabled students, they can apply for disabled students allowance. It's called DSA, which is a really positive way forward for disabled and dyslexic students. It gives them the support they need to overcome the barriers to education. But what it does to dyslexic students is it, it, it just says that we're, we're lumped in a big lump with disabled students, which is fine in terms of I've no idea. I've no problem with the word disability or disabled. I'm disabled myself as well as being dyslexic. You know, I, I talked to a student the other day and the student said to me, nobody likes to think there's something wrong with their brain. Again, many of my dyslexic projects, you know, I talk to many dyslexics and many feel isolated and many feel ashamed that they're dyslexic. Many feel failures because they're dyslexic. And that's because at school, no matter what you do, you're going to be limited by d- dyslexia. I'm going to sign off on this article for now. What do you think about this? Do you support a disability model or a social model? Okay, thanks very much for listening. I'm going to pass you on to Bex Adams with her Christmas song now.
This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. I radio. Now I'd like to talk a little bit about emotional intelligence and empathy. The Dyslexia Foundation of New Zealand notes that brain research, including groundbreaking work from the Auckland University research, shows that many dyslexics have high levels of empathy, high levels of emotional intelligence. We are very good at problem solving and that we are great at lateral thinking. Now from my work with students, what I generally see is many dyslexics tend to be the agony aunts of their friend group. If there's a problem, we will step in or people will come to us and discuss a problem. We're good listeners and that's really great. That's fantastic. On the downside though, we are very bad at talking to others about our problems and I think we keep them to ourselves. Some of that I think goes down to our experiences of school where yeah, we, we receive a lot of negative comments from teachers. We struggle more than non-dyslexic kids basically because our education system is so dyslexia unfriendly. Here we are, we take on board all these other people's issues and we don't give out. We don't We don't tend to talk to other people. We find it hard to trust other people with our own problems. And that's something that we need to work on, all of us, because keeping it within ourselves, bottling up, it doesn't do us any good at all. It doesn't do anybody any good. Somehow or other, we've got to start to learn to nurture ourselves, nurture our mental health, nurture our empathy, and hopefully help us deal with something like COVID more effectively. Me personally, I like the blogging. I like the podcasting. It gives me a chance to express myself and express how I'm feeling. It gets, it, it enables me to work through the issues that I have. I often talk to my wife now about these things. I don't keep them bottled up to myself. So I guess all I'm trying to say is, yes, empathy is fantastic. Emotional intelligence is brilliant. These things are brilliant. These things, you can't, I don't think you can teach empathy. We just naturally have this high level of empathy. We just naturally have this emotional intelligence. And if we go into back to school again, you know, where do, where does where does anything in school help us develop that further? Help us cope with empathy and emotional intelligence? It just doesn't happen. It's not something that's part of the non-dyslexic curriculum. So it's a question that I think of finding your release. Now, if you we just heard Ross's song there, and I think his words and playing the song were his way of expressing his mental health. And, uh, and getting it out there to people. I think that's a really good way of doing it. Not all of us can play the banjo or the guitar, but you know we can find ways to be creative. If we are creative, we can find things to do that you know would enable us to cope better with our mental health. Exercise is a good way for keeping our mental health strong. Going out for a walk can help with our mental health. So I guess what I'm saying to you is please nurture yourself, especially during these difficult times. It's important that we nurture all of us, nurture ourselves, nurture our mental health, nurture ourselves as people and hopefully enable ourselves to cope better with any kind of mental health issue that we might have or any kind of emotional issue that we might be going through a more healthy way. Thank you very much. Now we have a song from Ross Cooper and it's called Where Hands Never Reach. Take it away, Ross. Thank you.
is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. I Radio. Now it's time for one of my tracks. This one's called Rocketeer. I just finished writing it two days ago. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much. That was my track there, Rocketeer. As I do with every show, I'm reaching out to any musicians out there, any poets or anybody else who has something they would like to share with my audience. If you're dyslexic or neurodiverse, that's what this show is for. A place where you can showcase your work. A place where you can share what you want to say about being dyslexic, being neurodiverse. It's a cool place to come. All you need to do really is contact me on Steve, S-T-E-V-E underscore McHugh, M-C-C-U-E at hot 
hotmail.com and we can see if we can arrange or sort out a way of you to sending me your stuff. I use something called Smart Recorders to record some of my outside broadcasts, which is really a good one. It's Android app and it's free, which is really to the point. It's free. If it's free, it must be good. Well, not necessarily free and it must be good. Okay, so next we're going to have Ian McHugh play us out. He's a dyslexic musician as well. His style is kind of electronica punk. Uh, I like this song. This is Julia. It's a much more down-to-earth, slow song. So it's going to play us out. So thanks very much for taking the time to listen to my show. I will see you in the new year. Everybody, stay well, keep safe, wear your mask, keep social distance, wash your hands. Those are the three things that we need to do to try and keep as safe as possible. Okay, thanks very much. Touch.
Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. I Radio. <laughs> 